Welcome to Inside Parliament. It's our weekly catch-up on the stories that we've been covering for One News in the political team. We're coming to you from the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio. I'm Jessica Much. And I'm Benedict Collins. And we are going to start off this week talking about um, a very topical person, uh, Winston Peters. Have a look at this. This party, launched on this historic day, is called... New Zealand first. The beginning of Winston Peters' party. They will say that we seek to do the impossible. 25 years on, he's been kingmaker, queenmaker, and is now acting prime minister. We'd had enough of two old parties betraying the electorate. Since MMP began, we've seen several minor parties come and go from Parliament, including United Future, Top, the Māori Party, the Conservative Party and Alliance. And despite a few years in the political wilderness, New Zealand First has hung in there. We've survived because we didn't need big business money. Over the years, the party has branded itself with a strong anti-immigration stance, as well as advocating for the elderly and the regions. And Winston Peters has also become notorious for his tussles with the media. Look, and Rongo, I'm not going to put up with it any longer. You tell your guys, stay home. He says it all began after his very first interview as an MP was combative. I made up my mind then I wasn't going to put up with that sort of stupid question. So was that the moment that you that that shaped your whole perception of media for the for the next no, four no, decades? No, no, I've been studying the media. I've read about the media. I've watched it internationally. I know that the media's perception is important. So what about the next 25 years? Is it important for you to go out on top as a winner? I never thought about that way. Uh, you should go out as a, someone who strove to do something and hopefully to have been happy to do just that. He says he never expected to still be in politics in 2018. I suppose give it another 15 years if I'm lucky. But has no plans to spend more time fishing anytime soon. So I sat down with Winston Peters there and talked about 25 years of being New Zealand first. And it was really interesting going back through some of the archive footage because I guess it raises the question, you know, New Zealand first and Winston Peters are so tied together and what's the plan for making sure, with the greatest respect to Mr Peters, of course, that the party can continue when he's not there? Yeah, do you think that's plausible? Do you think do you think the party could continue without him? I think it will have to rebrand and make something new because I think that when I say to you New Zealand first, I think you say Winston Peters party and I think mm. most people in the public maybe Shane Jones, maybe Ron Mark, but I feel like a lot of people may struggle to name the members of parliament lower down them. Yeah, and it just has, you know, such a cult following. I think it became really clear to me last year on the election campaign, you know, everywhere you went, people were just, uh, he's quite magnetic in a way, in, in sort of drawing people in. They really, really, you know, they want to meet Winston, they want to see Winston. It is really the Winston show, and it, uh, yeah, I'm really unsure as to, you know, the party going forward without him, how it would manage that, and how, you know, how it would try to sort of, you know, keep, keep that attention that he brings to the party up as well. I guess it depends how he goes out, so to speak. And, mm. and um, Mr Peters, if you're watching this, this may be many, many years down the track, we're sure. But if, if he goes out on a high as a foreign minister and can pass over to someone high-profile like Shane Jones, etc., then I feel like that will be different 
rather than if he's voted out not getting in or only getting two or three MPs. One of the questions that I thought was quite telling is I said to him, oh, um, is it important, you know, what's your succession plan? And he said, oh, we've got a succession plan. And I said, oh, is it important for you to go out on top? And he said, look, um, I think it's important going out and doing something that you feel is right. Um, and But I think he won't want a repeat of 2008 where he lost in Tauranga and was and the party was out I don't think he's going to want to go out by someone else's choice I think he will want to choose sort of like John Key went out you know yeah. at, at the top didn't you know not on the back of an election defeat or anything like that yeah yeah but I also can admit another part of me says he's never going to not be finished with what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so I kind mm. of, I f maybe he's going to have to be voted out. I don't know. Um, but he, he did say um, his job was to hold the parties to account and to, um, and to stop neoliberalism and rah, rah, rah. And he said he kind of felt like he'd done that, which is quite interesting as well. So mm. maybe this... Um, you know, coming back and being foreign minister again and having influence and... And acting as a prime minister for a while. Yeah. yeah. Tick, a, tick a few boxes, eh? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it is interesting, but it was quite fun going back and seeing um, some of those images and how suave he was. And it also reminded me of a time in 2008 where he was foreign minister at the time and um, he called me a drongo. So that was perhaps a career highlight. Yeah, lucky um, you've got thick skin, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> toughened me up. Um, it was a very enjoyable experience and, and quite a favourite story of mine. But um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll see if I can find it and put it up on Twitter or something like that for anyone who's interested in a bit of a blast from the past from 10 years ago. Um, but if you want a little taste of that history as well, here is his launch from 1993. <laughs> And today in our biggest city, we are launching a new political party. And so on a cold grey Auckland day, Winston Peters finally announced what so many have expected for so long. It was a strange venue for a political rally. Alexander Park is more used to horse racing than soapboxes. But followers of the country's most popular politician began arriving early. Though not as many turned up as Winston Peters and his supporters had hoped for. In all, around 2,000 people were there to see Mr Peters at last declare his hand. New Zealand First epitomises the essence of our beliefs. New Zealand First represents everything we want to be and can be. The country's newest political party is to have nine regional organisations and stand candidates in all of the 99 electorates. And its policy? First up, Winston Peters is promising less government. He'll cut the number of MPs, for instance, from 99 to just 80. As for the economy, Mr Peters is promising what he says will be a full economic development strategy, including the creation of new financial institutions. There'll be increased reliance on referenda. Any policy not in the party's manifesto on election day will be tested by referenda. The controversial surtax on superannuation is to be made optional. Any pro-New Zealand investment will be exempt. And the Peters party will have no more state asset sales. It's policy in broad brushstrokes so far. The right buttons have been pushed, but details on things like the new financial institutions he talks about or the optional surcharge have not been spelt out. Winston Peters says more will come soon. 
but he's waiting till next Wednesday till he holds his first press conference. They will say that we seek to do the impossible and that we can't win. That's only true, of course, if we don't have the will and the determination or are unwilling to make the sacrifices. First though, Mr Peters has to get 98 others willing to stand alongside him and he has to turn one rally into a full-scale nationwide campaign. Interesting to see there that you know things that Winston was talking about right back at the beginning of forming uh, New Zealand First, you know, he'd like fewer MPs, you know, a real reliance there on referenda as well. Still things that he's sort of carrying on today with, still, you know, quite consistent there. Yeah, which I guess plays into the fact that perhaps um, New Zealand First is Winston Peters, it's his beliefs, it's his core values. Yeah. Um, and maybe why they haven't had that contested leadership um, like many other parties have of their age, um, because... He is, he is the king. He has been the king maker and perhaps the king of New Zealand mm. first for so long as well. And um, the official birthday party is next week uh, in the Beehive, I think. Are you expecting to see him wear a um, birthday hat? Hopefully. That'd be amazing. And perhaps one of those little things that you blow out at a kid's party, it'd be amazing. Maybe we might have to take those on. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Long. I'm not sure if they're going <laughs> to yeah, provide yeah. those for us. Mm. But another story that we um, were looking at this week that ties into a New Zealand First MP as well um, is Shane Jones on the Provincial Growth Fund. I had a bit of a look of, at that last week and here's a story that we played over the weekend. A new arts centre in Whangarei, a project made possible by the Billion Dollar Provincial Growth Fund. And it's not the only one. The latest figures show Northland is getting the biggest chunk of cash. I'm not blaming any regions, but some regions were what we call shovel-ready. They had these programs ready to go. To date, 18% of the money is going on projects for the whole country. But Northland alone gets nearly 40% of the funding. The next highest is Taranaki on 16% and 14% for the Manawatu Whanganui area. The rest are single digits. The whole of the South Island gets just 1%. So far, 52 projects have been announced. The latest data shows that Northland has been speedy and has applied for the most funding. But other areas like Kapiti, the West Coast and Canterbury have applied for funding too. And so far, very little has been signed off. Shane Jones and Winston Peters are both from Northland and campaigned their last election. Helping Northland helps New Zealand first too, of course. Helping Northland helps um, reduce a blight on the good name of provincial New Zealand. Uh, the fact that both Winston and I are candidates or were candidates in Whangarei and Northland is a happy coincidence. Look, you know, good luck to Northland, uh, but I think all the regions of New Zealand uh, can rightly uh, expect that they'll get a fair crack. Shane Jones admits he's been warned by colleagues to follow protocol. Got to be uh, very cautious, but don't uh, be some like some denaturised cat where you can't even uh, find the gumption or the kaha to take a risk. A balancing act for the minister with a billion dollar budget. So there the focus being on Northland. And I think when you lay it all out there, Northland obviously is a, an area that needs a lot of attention. And granted, Northland applied for the most funding when we look at that and got the most funding, but I don't think that there's any accident that Shane Jones and yeah. Winston Peters... It, it's not a happy coincidence. It's, it's, quite yeah. de, it's, it's quite deliberate, isn't it? I think that you know they're pumping money in, into Northland and 
you know, and I don't really buy it that, oh, you know, they were just so much better prepared with their applications and stuff like that. I think, you know, it's been very deliberate going in there and trying to, you know, fund initiatives in Northland. And I mean, having traipsed around there quite a lot in the last few years, yeah, you know, it obviously is lagging behind, you know, especially Auckland and lagging behind the other regions as well. But mm. I think, you know, it, more than a happy coincidence. Yeah, I th- and I think even he said that with a little bit of a smirk yeah, on yeah. his face. But I think that it goes to show, and I think we'll probably see over time, they've only spent a very small amount of this money mm. and they're going to have to pump a whole lot more in. And I just wonder if some of those regions aren't tapping into this as much as they should, that they kind of should be getting organised and maybe this is a bit of a wake-up call to get your applications in because there's a whole lot of cash well, up for grabs. And I know they've got more announcements coming up shortly. Um, they've got some coming in, in on the West Coast um, in Taranaki also, I believe. But I wonder whether, though, you know, if this if this keeps up and you just see such targeting towards, you know, the region where Shane Jones and, and Winston come from, Northland, whether it's going to start building resentment in, you know, in the rest of the country that they're missing out on the schemes that they're pitching, you know, and so much is going to Northland. And, and, you know, I think as we reported the week before as well, so much going towards people, you know, with clear ties to the Labour Party and to New Zealand First. My feeling is that over the next few months, um, we may see um, more of a spread of that. Start provision. to see it balance up. Yeah. So I think when mm. we look into that again, um, we'll probably follow up in another couple of months and see what the latest figures show. And my feeling would be I would be very surprised if more money wasn't being pumped into other areas other than Northland um, to perhaps even things up a little bit more because it's they've got to be careful that it's not seen or perceived as a um, fund for New Zealand first. So I think they've got to be really careful with that. So yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Um, but the other thing that's been bubbling along this week and has been fascinating to watch from afar has been the Donald Trump saga and how that's played out. What have you made of all of that this week? <laughs> it's, it's just quite spectacular, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, he sort of he blows into Europe. He, you know, seems to badmouth um, Theresa May and cause upsets everywhere he goes. It's just, it's quite, in, quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I just think um, watching that, one of my favourite moments was when he was sitting there and doing the U-turn on some of the things he'd said in, Hels- in Helsinki. And some poor journalist would have leant against the light and it went into darkness just as he was talking about the intelligence services. And I just think, imagine the moment, like you're in, in a press conference with the President of the United States, with the world watching and surrounded by media, and you're the one that leans against the light switch and causes an incident that goes around the world. I just, I pity that poor person. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did you make of, though, you know, he's there, he's there with, um, with, with Putin. You know, the, the US intelligence services have just come out, you know, talking about the links to the hacking and stuff like that. And he says, you know, I don't see any reason that it would be, you know, the, the Russians. Causes this huge, you know, huge drama and turns around the next day and says, whoops, <laughs> should have said wouldn't. Yeah. You know. So I think a couple of things. First of all, it's an absolute win for Putin and for Trump to be standing on the same stage. That photo op is a gift and a win to him. The aesthetic of that being him being a world leader and then being equal on that. So I think that's one thing. The other thing as well is that the delicacies of democracy, I think, are lost on President Trump. And I think we've seen that. And this is an example of it, that um, we all make um, mistakes and we misspeak, Mm. but 
nuances like that send reverberations around the world. And I just think, and the, and the casualness that he said, Oh, look, I misspoke. Um, now whether that's accurate or or not, um, we will never know, but you have to take, you know, if, if, if that is to be true, it just shows how careful he has to be. Yeah, but I think there are numerous other examples where they're also trying to fudge now, where he's sort of asked direct questions about Russia's involvement and he gave answers, you know, no, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And now they're trying to also spin those around. I mean, yeah. it's not credible. No, I mean, he has to, they have to spin because otherwise, mm. um, very troubling, shall we say. And also quite fun, um, President Obama just sitting at the side going, neat, 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 and chipping in this week as well with his... Yeah. Um, his thoughts and feelings, um, perhaps not um, so subtle. <laughs> well, in who he was I can't talking help about. thinking you'd be a brave world leader to invite Trump to your country, wouldn't you? With yeah. his, <laughs> with his behaviour and the way he carries yeah. yeah. What's interesting as well, I guess, is from a New Zealand perspective, bringing it back to us, is that we have been um, very silent on it. Um, now, granted, it's recess week, so the politicians are out of Wellington, but um, I guess it. It puts New Zealand in a in a sticky situation of um, not wanting to comment too much on on what's happening in a separate country, but also having to protect our ties um, with with the US. But it would be interesting to hear Winston Peters' thoughts in a candid conversation. Yeah, because I think he did say he at the start of this week in a, in a media interview, he did say he's sort of confused and bewildered by the, um, you know the comments that. Trump was making, and I think that was before the um, the correction. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't you quite like to know, you know, over a whiskey or something with him, what he really <laughs> thinks of of all of this and what's going on? I think it would be quite a fascinating insight. So mm. we shall have to wait and see. But we shall leave it there. That's our um, weekly catch up and our weekly chat. It's been great to have you with us on Inside Parliament. It's our weekly chat about the stories that we've been covering in the political team here in the gallery covering for One News. We're now on Instagram, which is very exciting for um, any of you who are on the gram. You can find us at inside underscore parliament. Um, If you want to take a look, um, Adam has been putting up some very artistic and creative photos that hopefully you'll all enjoy. We're available on Inside Parliament every Thursday evening on the One News Facebook page and check us out on your favourite podcasting app.